All right, grab your Bibles with me, if you would, please, and turn to Genesis chapter 3. As you turn there, if you're visiting uh, with us, we always invite guests to take a Connect card. It's in the seat back in front of you. If you're comfortable, take that out, and this is a great way for you to let us know that you are here, and you can let us know if we can serve you in any way. There's also an opportunity on that Connect card for you to list a prayer request. Any of you, if you have something you want us to specifically pray about, hope that you would take the opportunity to fill that out, and then you can just drop it in the back in one of those receptacles, those boxes back there. You know if you come on Thursday night, but if you're new, we don't take a traditional offering on Thursday, but if you want to worship the Lord in your offering, uh, then there are boxes in the back that you can worship the Lord in that way as well. So now that you're turned to Genesis chapter 3, here is where we have gone so far in Genesis 3. Not far, but we have been weeks in the God of creation, but we've just begun to kind of dip our toe into the problem of evil, seeing that God has an opposer, and his name is Satan. He is referred to as the devil, and his Standard operating procedures is he is the father of lies, and we will see tonight why he is the father of lies. We established two weeks ago that as the opposer, his goal is to destroy. Everything that God did, God declared was what? Very good. And so it's very simply the goal of the opposer to take everything that God made good, this world good, life good, marriage good, relationships good, and destroy them. And he does that in three specific ways, by blinding, tempting, and accusing. I don't know if you'll remember this, but each of those tactics has a specific target in mind. Who is he attempting to destroy by blinding? Those who are still dead in their sins, who have not seen the light of the gospel shine in the face of Christ. So because, as we'll learn, he cannot reclaim those he has lost, his goal is to keep them lost in darkness. So to blind the unbeliever. Who does he tempt? He tempts the one who has trusted in Christ and been born again. He tempts that person to doubt to be distracted, that they might become a weakened warrior. And who does he accuse? He accuses the believer who has yielded to temptation and sin. So his tactics are very clear. Destroy the unbeliever by keeping them blind. Destroy the believer by causing them to sin. To destroy the sinning believer by keeping them trapped in their sin and their shame by his accusation. That's what the opposer is up to. So, is there any good news in this? What's the good news? He can be resisted. In fact, that's what the scripture says. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So, he can be resisted. He's good at what he does, but he can be resisted. That's the good news. Here's the bad news. He won the first battle. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. The first battle between God's creation, Adam and Eve, and the opposer. 
So Genesis chapter three, here's how it begins. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said, you surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So what we see in this opening battle is the father of lies. This is why he's called the father of lies because he told the first two. The first, you'll not die. The second, if you eat, you'll be like God. As you jot that down, if you're taking notes tonight, understand that really every, oh, by the way, is this Satan blinding, tempting, or accusing? In this moment, in Genesis 3, is this Satan blinding, tempting, or accusing? Okay, no, you got to understand. Are Adam and Eve in relationship with God or out of relationship with God? They're in relationship, so he can't be blinding them. Is he tempting them? Yeah. Is he accusing them? No, they hadn't sinned yet. You see, understand, this is the tar. He blinds the unbeliever. They're, they're believers. They're in right relationship with God. He's tempting them to doubt God. You won't die. In fact, you'll be better off. Listen, it's not hard. It's just simply look. If you have trusted in Christ, look at the temptation in your life, and they'll always boil down to this. You can disobey God, and it won't hurt. And you can disobey God, and it'll actually make your life better. Everything boils down to those two things, and that's what he started with. He's the father of lies because he told the first two. And all lies actually are an overflow of those two core principles. His deception is you can disobey God and it won't hurt. It won't harm you. Nobody will know. You won't reap the consequences. You can get away with it. Ever believe that lie? Yes, you have. Every one of us has believed the lie. We can get away with this. Have you ever believed the lie? I can disobey God. No, it'll actually make my life better. That's the lie. Everything uh, that he has tempted believers with uh, flows from those two core principles. So this is Adam and Eve being tempted as ones who were in right relationship with God. So are they buying? When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes... And that the tree was desired to make one wise, <laughs> she was believing the lie, right? And so she took from its fruit and ate and gave also to her husband with her. And he ate. So they are both believing the lie. And immediately the truth is revealed. Because immediately, This is what we're going to say. Immediately, as soon as they believe the lie, their world changes. Then the eyes of both of them were opened. And 
they knew that they were naked. Is that new? Well, it's new that they knew they were naked. It's not new that they were naked. They had been naked. Now they're like, I'm naked. And so are you. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. It wasn't a, a new reality about them in terms of their physical condition. It was a new awareness. And here's what I want us to see tonight. I want us to understand that when we believe the lies of the enemy, this, will, this is what's going to happen in our lives. The destroyer's destruction, there will begin first self-consciousness. There's no self-consciousness prior to that, but now they're like, oh, I'm seeing myself and I'm uncomfortable with it in a way that I never was before, which led to shame. Again, he tempts who? Believers. And when believers, so if you, if you tonight are here and you're in right relationship with God, lies have come your way. It may have come from Satan, it may be from the world, or it may be from your flesh. The issue tonight is not going, where'd it come from? The issue tonight is this, is it true or is it a lie? And that's really important. I want you to hear that again. Don't get lost in, where's this coming from? Is this the opposer? Is this a demon? Is this my flesh? Is this the world? Here's the more, in question, more important question. Is it a true or is it a lie? Because if you're a believer, you're going to hear things. You're going to be encouraged to believe things. And you're going to have to ask yourself, is that true or is it a lie? You know what will be evidence that you believed a lie? Shame. Yes, you understand what I just said? They never experienced shame until they believed a lie. So shame is a result of believing a lie. Self-consciousness, a result of believing a lie. So... Where's that shame lead? Well, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. <clears throat> in the cool of the day and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. So they now are, because they believe the lie, they're hiding from God. The loin coverings were a hiding from one another. And and now they're in the trees hiding from God. Just like you probably have tried to think, can I hide from God? Can I avoid God? Maybe like this. It may have happened to you this morning. Man, I ought to read my Bible. I don't think so. Let me check the stock market. If that was your choice, you should have read your Bible. But do you understand what I just said? You know, you may have never thought of it this way, but when you go, I don't want to read my Bible, 
When you get up on a Sunday morning and you get home late on a Thursday and you're like, ah, I don't think I want to go to church. It may be because you're like, I don't really want to hear from the Lord. I'd like to kind of stay in the trees. I don't want to go hang out with that person. No, I don't really want to talk to that person. I don't want to reply to that person's text. I don't want to reply to that person's email. They're a believer and, and I don't want to have truth come in my way. That's hiding from God. You've thought, you may have thought to, up to this point, well, I've never done that. I've not like run into the trees. I'm not stupid. I know God can see me in the trees. But you've avoided the Bible in order to hide from God. You've avoided believers to hide from God. You've avoided church to hide from God. Can I have your eyes for a moment? If you're tempted, no, no, no. If you're hiding from God, it's evidence you believed a lie. And so, the Lord, where are you? Now, we know God is not like, where'd they go? Yeah, they're like, we always meet here. He's not, is he confused? No, he's not confused. He's not like, hmm, were we supposed to, like, later? He's not confused. He's not wondering. What's he doing? He's drawing them out from the trees. I mean, he could have said, hey, I see you back there. <laughs> Where are you? Oh, I don't know. Are they going, I don't, should we say? Adam. I, 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 I think he sees us. Now again. God intends to draw every person here tonight who's trying to hide from him. He, he, he's going to draw you out. So that what's in your heart will be revealed. Where are you? I heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. He kind of stacks it up. He kind of comes clean with it all. I was naked, and so I was embarrassed, so I was afraid, and I hid. There's a new one there. Fear. I was genuinely serious earlier when, when, I, when I prayed that, that we would be light as believers. There really is an engagement in a time like this that ought to mark us as ones who have believed truth, as ones who have believed lies. Because people who have believed lies have nowhere to go but panic and run in a time like this. And we, I'm not saying we should be stupid and going, hey man, free, it's like practically free, let's go see Europe, hey. That might be irresponsible. But afraid? If I'm afraid, I've reflected, I've believed a lie. If right now you're looking at what happened to your 401k, your investments, and you're afraid, it only revealed that you put your hope in the uncertainty of riches. 
that you didn't believe the truth that money can take wings and go, because, I mean, it has just flown away. You, you understand? Fear. I want you to think differently about this now going forward. When you go, man, I'm, when you are not honest acknowledgement in real life, like, I'm afraid, you ought to go, what, why am I believing? Because fear is the evidence of a lie believed. Had they ever been afraid and hidden before? No. Why? So just think about why. Because they had never believed a lie before. So clear. So the Lord... Who told you that you're naked? Again, is he confused? Hey, what, huh? He's not confused. What's he doing? Drawing him out in order to reveal what? What's in his heart? Who told you you're naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The Lord knows. He knows that people who have done that, hide, are afraid, and ashamed, and are self-conscious. He knows. But he wants to draw out of the heart. Like he might be wanting to draw out of your heart tonight. Have you believed a lie? Are you believing lies right now? So what comes out of his heart? (laughs) The woman whom you gave to me with me. She gave me from the tree and I ate. She like shoved it down my throat. I like no choice. Now what's happening here? What came out of his heart? Uh, And he's like, What's this you've done? The Lord says to the woman. Woman said, that serpent deceived me. She simply follows Adam's lead. Oh, you can blame. I can blame too. It's it's just like your marriage, if you're married. You, you. Straight out of the garden. So the destroyers, destruction, self-consciousness, shame, hiding, fear, and blame. I want you to look at that list. If you've taken notes, you've written them down. Could you imagine a life without those things? I mean, really, try, try. imagine a life where no self-consciousness, no shame, no hiding from people or from God, no fear, no blame. Can you imagine that? Imagine a marriage like that. 
Imagine a middle school like that. <laughs> when I looked at that list, I was like, wow, that looks like middle school. Because that's when it all starts to <laughs> blossom. But my point is this. Why do you experience these things? Don't think theoretically. Think personally. Why do you experience these things in your life? I mean, I, can I say it for you? I experience these things in my life. I experience these things in my marriage. I experience these things privately and personally because I believe lies. Not all the time. More than I wish. But do you understand the presence of these things in their lives was because they believed a lie. And the presence of these things in your life is because you believe the same tempter's lies. So is there any good news? <laughs> What's the good news? <laughs> no temptation. No lie. Let's just call it that. No lie has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. It's not like he got you on a new novel one. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. And endure it means that you might be able to prevail over it, that you would not yield to the temptation. That whether the temptation, again, we're not gonna get lost. Was it from Satan? Was it from a demon? Was it from the world? Was it from my upbringing? Was it from my flesh? What's the question? Is it true? Or is it a lie? And wherever it comes from, there's not new lies. There's a bunch of recycled lies over and over and over and over again. And if you have trusted in Jesus Christ to be your savior, the spirit of God lives in you. And as a born again follower of Jesus, you can resist the lie. You don't have to believe it. But how do you fight lies? The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thought raised up against the knowledge of God. You won't die. That's a thought raised up against the knowledge of God. Of God. You'll be better off if you eat. That's a thought raised up against the knowledge of God, right? And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We are destroying lies very simply with, with truth. 
I hope when, when you walk out these doors tonight, you'll go, okay, this does not have to be this hard or this complicated. This is about, this is truth and lies. This is about a life that's either filled with fear, hiding, shame, and self-consciousness and blame. Our life good as God created it and a marriage good as God created it. And it's, it's as simple as going, either I walk in the truth and get the life that God created me to have, or I believe the lie. And we already saw, see what we get. So we recognize, we looked at the list, they're in our lives. Uh, two simple practical, and I'm going to make this as practical as I can in our remaining minutes. How do you use truth to defeat lies so that the destroyer's destruction doesn't keep ruining your life? First, I want you to ask yourself a very real personal question. What am I thinking when I disobey, when I believe the lie? What am I thinking? And I don't mean that like you would say to your teenager, what were you thinking? (laughs) I mean, literally, what are you thinking in that moment? And so to keep this not theoretical, keep it very practical, every single one of us, I'm not going to make you stand up or even ask you to stand up and go, well, here's the sin that so easily enslaves me. But just think about where in your life do you often do what you know you shouldn't do, but you keep doing it? Or where in your life don't you do what you know you should do, but you just don't do it? And you know that you know, but you're not really getting any traction. Can you think of something? Not for your spouse, for you. Can you think of something? Okay. For example, some of you may go, this whole thing right now is just, I am trapped in worry. I am just like a chronic worrier and anxiety. And I, I just, I know I shouldn't and I try not. And, it, and I know it's wrong and I know it's irrational. It's, it's just, I can't overcome. Or it may be lying or lust or drunkenness. Talked to a gentleman a couple nights ago. He wouldn't expect me to call. And he said, ah, it's kind of embarrassing, but... uh, can we talk tomorrow because, you know, I just had a little bit too much to drink tonight. So it's not the same for everybody, but you know you. Just ask yourself whether it's that lust, 
jealousy, worry. What are you thinking when you do what you don't want to do or you don't do what you know you should? Maybe you don't want to write it down because that might give it away. <laughs> but if you would, after you leave here, it'd, make, it'd help you tremendously. You, you might write, and I'm like, I, I'm thinking, ah, I know it's wrong, but it's not that big a deal. I mean, you may think, hey, I could be like killing people and I'm just worrying it. So that's all right. I mean, you know it's not, but it's not that big a deal. There's bigger deals. See, there's a little truth with a little lie. I'm not hurting anyone else. I know it's not good for me, and I know it's displeasing to God, but I'm not hurting anybody else. So you kind of give yourself a little wiggle room. I just can't help myself. I've tried, and I don't like it, but I can't help myself. Now, here's the good part about it. You don't have to write all these down just if they apply. <laughs> or maybe you go, well, I know I shouldn't, but I do. God wants me to be happy. Uh, no one will know. No one's looking. No one will find out. I know be embarrassing if they would, but no one will. I can keep it a secret. This is the last time. <laughs> There's been a lot of last times, hasn't there? This is really the last time. Now, that may, none of those may fit. There may be other ones that you would go, uh, that's not really me. Maybe it'd be this. Uh, I want to be satisfied more than do right. That's a scary recognition. You know what I'm saying when I say this? I, I am saying, and I, when God drew me out to see what was in my heart, I remember driving one and I realized, I do not like what just got drawn out of my heart. And what was drawn out of my heart was simply this. I wasn't deceived. I didn't get tricked into it. I didn't go, oh God, I'm so sorry. It was like, I just wanted what I wanted more than I wanted to do what was right. That's not a fun thing to admit but it might be what you're thinking. Or I know what God says, but, and then you, you, you know what it is that you think in that moment. Okay. Then you may go, well, that's all me. <laughs> okay, maybe it is. Or maybe there's more. Or maybe there's like two or three of these that you go, jeez, how do you know? Because I believe my fair share of lies. That's how I know. And then Tony told me most of them. Blame. <laughs> no, you understand? 
You know, it's a little bit, I, I make a decision. Either I keep this theoretical, I go, I know the, the, the lies that I have bought over the years and, and share them. And you go, hey, well, you might need a new pastor around here. The lies. So ask yourself, which ones do you buy when you do what you don't want to do and you don't do what you know you should some lies are selling big time in your life. Which ones are you buying? Why does it matter? It matters because this is not foolproof. It matters because lies will begin to lose some of their luster and power when you just bring them out into the light and go, that's just not true. I know it's not true. And that's not foolproof. That's not, there's, another, there's more here. But you just need to, I, hopefully this will be a process, just honest drawing out of your heart. What are you thinking? When you do what you know you shouldn't do. And the lie might not have as much marketability in your heart and mind the next time. So that's the first. What am I thinking when I disobey? Second, if truth is that which destroys the speculations that thoughts raised up against the knowledge of God, second, then is what do I need to be thinking instead in that moment? This is, this is the exchange that you go, this is what I'm thinking, and when I think that thought, it's the key. Here, here's why. You've already identified, oh, I've seen that lie. You've tried to sell me that junk before. That's my cue to think what I need to be thinking in these moments. What I need to be thinking instead. Man, there's lots of options. You, you should ask yourself, what do you need to think? What truth do you need to be thinking in that moment that will spur you on? to godliness. Maybe you need to think, God loves me. And he only wants good for me. God is not holding out for me. He loves me. That's the, that's the truth. He loves you and he only wants good for me. Or this, God's commands are not burdensome. They are protective. That's a big change in my life to recognize that the very walls, because the commands of God are like walls and everybody sees them either as prison walls or protective walls. How do you see them? Do you, do you see this book as protective or imprisonment? The lie that I believe for too many years that brought destruction in my life was simply this. God's holding out on me. Just straight out of the garden. God's holding out on me. And, and what I need to know in that moment, no, he doesn't hold out on me. He loves me. And, and he wants only good for me. And therefore his commands aren't burdensome. They're actually protective. If there's an enemy and there's a wall to hide behind, only the fool runs out from behind the wall. 
or the one who thinks, oh, that's not my enemy. That'll be my friend. The liar is never your friend. Truth, not lies, leads me to freedom and life. That's something you might need. No, this is... Truth will lead me to freedom in life. I am not a slave to my desires. For so many guys, quite frankly, who struggle with lust, they just think, man, I'm just a slave to my desires. And listen, man, if you're a child of God, you are not a slave to your desires. They do not have to rule you. They, they will if you let them. Ladies, uh, I haven't lived your world, so I don't know what your desires want to rule you. But they will if you let them. You might need to, in that moment, go, the spirit of God lives in me to give me everything I need to be godly in this moment. I am not outnumbered or underarmed. Or you may need to be thinking, the liar hates me and wants to destroy me. See, that's a powerful truth in the moment of deception. He's not looking out for me. He wants to destroy me. I've been down this path before. I know how this goes. Temp, 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 temp. Take it. Accuse. I've been here, done that. I know this. I need to remember. He's not looking out for me. He hates me. He wants to destroy me. (laughs) Maybe you need to go, this will hurt people that I love. Maybe you just need to take out a piece of paper and write down all the names of the people you're going to blow up if you keep doing what you know you don't want to do. Man, that, that might be incredibly powerful because it, it'll, it'll, blow, it'll blow up that lie that goes, I can get away with this. I, I'm not going to hurt anybody. I know it's hurt my relationship with God, but it's not going to hurt anybody else. Just ask yourself, this will, who's it going to hurt? And call it what it is. This is just candy-coated cyanide. That might not work for you, but for me, It really helps me to go, when I see temptation, I'm like, no, no, no. I know what it means to hang a very sweet, swirly worm with a hook in it. I've put lots of fish in my frying pan who believe that lie. I don't want to go in the frying pan. That's candy-coated cyanide. That looks sweet, but it's going to destroy me. Ever watched a fish, a smart one, walk, walk, huh, swim up and look at it and then swim away? They identify the fake. They identify the counterfeit. You can do that. You're smarter than the average fish. 
the regret and shame will exceed the thrill. That's a, that's a truth you ought to tell yourself. I've never regretted saying no to sinful desires, but always regretted saying yes. This was a good one for me. That, that realization that, you know, when you look back, I never regretted saying no, but I always regret when I say yes. This will look familiar to some of you. I'm a child of God. Forgiven and set free from slavery to sin. The spirit of God lives in me to do the work of God through me. I'm an instrument of God for more people finding more life in Jesus. You know, we learn that over and over. If you were with us uh, about 18 months, it went over and over and over again. Why? Because it was a truth we needed to declare in the moment. So that we would live according to who we are, not according to lies. Now, the exercise I just led you through is a little bit unusual to do in a full group like this. But really powerful if you'll do it privately sat with lots of guys and just said, hey, and you can see a lot of these come from talking to guys. What are you thinking? What do you need to be thinking? And in those moments, you know what happens? People start winning instead of losing. Because truth will set you free. Truth will resist the liar who wants to destroy you. But hear me clearly. It's not something that you get up in the morning and you read the truth and then you go to your day and then you're tempted and you do what you didn't want to do and then you go, see, it didn't work. It's not something you read in the morning and it lasts till the afternoon. When do you need to think it? In the moment. I'll always remember Robertson McQuilkin telling me, he was president of Columbia when I was a student there. He said, people pray about overcoming temptation. They can pray about it all they want. But until they learn to pray in the midst of the temptation, they're not going to gain what prayer is intended for in overcoming temptation. It's in the moment. It's, it's exposing the lie and declaring the truth in the moment. Now, let me warn you. You're going to declare the truth. And you know what the father of lies is going to say? He's going to jump back in with a lie and you're going to have to go, oh, am I declare, ready to declare a truth again? It's almost like it's a war. It's a 
is exactly what the scripture says it is. It's a war where there's a shot fired and a shot back and a shot fired and a shot back. And the last shot, listen, the last shot always wins. Test me this week. Seriously, test me this week and find out if the last shot doesn't always win. If the last shot's a lie, if you end on a lie, you know what's coming your way? Shame, self-consciousness, fear, blame, hiding. But if the last shot is truth, you'll live in the good that God has invited you to live in. So it's war. You got to be prepared to shoot more than one shot and you have to be committed to shoot the last shot. So most of whether this will really benefit you will be determined if you'll make your list. And it's, I don't bring my phone in here because people like to... uh, then do funny things if they see I have my phone with me. But here's what I would encourage you to do. Put it on your phone. Just put it right there. Moment of temptation. Here's what I'm going to believe. And you declare the truth. And truth after truth after truth. And if lies come back, you declare the truth. And wherever it's coming from, whether it's Satan or demons or the world or their flesh, if you will keep declaring truth as long as the lies keep coming, if you fire the last shot, you'll prevail. But you got to do it for you. I can't make it like for you. Because there are lies that work for you and there are truths that are especially powerful in your life. It doesn't, I'm saying, I'm not saying they're all not true. I'm saying there's some are more powerful in your life. And I didn't put some that might be most powerful for you up here. That's why you got to do it. But no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But will with the temptation provide a way of escape that you may Endure, prevail. The truth will make you free. You believe that? So would you take a moment and as band comes up, just bow with me. I hope, I hope this has been real for you personally tonight. Maybe awkwardly real for you. But I think in your heart of hearts, if you are born again, you want to live right before your God. You want to live in the goodness that his word declares. And in your sane, thoughtful moments, I believe you hate the lies you buy into. 
So I want to just give you a quiet moment right now to declare that you personally for the Lord. Lord, and you name it, whatever it is. God, I hate, I hate when that lie wins in my life. I hate when I yield to that lie. I want to, tell him right now, I want to learn to live in truth. might experience life as you intended it not as the opposer seeking to make it thank you Lord that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world that you have overcome a liar that we might not only have life but have it more abundantly I wonder if you would just as Matt leads us would you declare this as your prayer before the Lord right now
will you forsake him? God, I hate to admit it, but we do. He never does it to us. God is so gracious. He loves us so much. He is always ready because he is the truth. And the truth will make us free. And I think in your heart as a child of God, like my heart as a child of God, as a deep longing to live in freedom, to live life as God intended it. To destroy the destroyer's destruction in my life. That's an incredible privilege, to destroy the destroyer's destruction. Uh, Here's, sorry we may be out. I just wanted to remind us again we are, there it is, we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. That, that's how, that's, I, I would just want, that's the, when you walk out the door, that's what I'm doing. Every lie, boom, with what? Truth. Every thought captive to the obedience of Christ because the last shot always wins. Lord, would that be increasingly our learned practice for your great glory and for our great joy. Thanks for giving us what we need, truth. You are so good and gracious. In Christ's name, amen. God bless.